Welcome to day 70, I think it's 75 or 74, no it's 74, day 74, and on this day, Fauci has resigned, to resign, which means that the day he actually resigns and leaves office is going to be December, sometime in December of 2022, but the day he commissioned his resignation officially toward the public was today. So I have a few links here in the uh, in the links section. If you go to the top underneath the title, uh, there's a box that says on the unsanctioned citizen. If you just push to the left, uh, there's a Reddit conversation. Um, I'm going to read or give you the HRSA promo right now just so you have the benefit of understanding that there is an adverse reaction these things were not able to be talked about openly so much at some point in our history, so I want to be able to take advantage of that right now. Hello everyone, this is Sheila, host of the Unsanctioned Citizen and That AI Show. I wanted to share a little bit about the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program as part of the HRSA. If you or someone you know is suffering from the lasting effects of an illness or disability symptoms after taking a vaccine, please contact the Health Resources and Services Administration to learn more about the resources available to you that could help you and many others. For claims associated with the COVID-19 vaccine or other COVID-19 related countermeasures, please follow your request for benefits with the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Please visit injurycompensation.hrsa.gov to learn more and tell a friend. Okay, so that's it. I, we got it out. <clears throat> so what has happened recently, very recently, is that the CDC Chief Rochelle Walensky edited some comments out they were edited out by ABC in regards to the vaccine, vaccine news. And they edited out some things stealthily from their page on the mRNA vaccine. So let me see if I can get that to come up. So there's a page that's indicated here. Um, there's also some commentary and editorial from the Brownstone Institute downfall. Anthony Fauci resigns. We just read the first two graphs of that. After more than five decades in the federal government, Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, since 1984, has announced his resignation as of December to pursue the next chapter of his career. Fauci first came to prominence during HIV-AIDS in the 1980s, in which he advocated for widespread use of the drug AZT, a practice later discontinued due to the drug's extreme toxicity and deadly side effects, including anemia, bone marrow toxicity. So Fauci also pushed for the widespread application of PCR testing for diagnostic purposes, which was strongly opposed by Nobel laureate Carrie Mulis, inventor of PCR technology. So those are the, just the first two graphs, and it is a critical read about Anthony Fauci. So wherever you're at, that's a critical read on that Anthony Fauci. 
and his resignation would be kind of a benefit. You know, some people don't feel as badly about Anthony, Anthony Fauci's performance. We have mentioned it before in the program. Um, let me see. I'm just going to go ahead and invite some people. Post this update. Come talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, I see we have a couple people in the room. Post. And you're invited to speak about this resignation. I think he's actually being resigned, <laughs> but I don't have any proof about it. So when I'm speculating wildly, I add this disclaimer here that I put in the bed of the description. It says, I claim ownership of my own words, thoughts, and ideas exchanged on the Unsanctioned Citizen podcast. I will hold only myself responsible for my utterances, beliefs, and ideas as spoken on this program. We agree to speak honestly together and honor the listening audience's time. So, I am hoping that, you know, that people will come and they'll talk about their experiences and how they feel about Anthony Fauci resigning and be honest about it, uh, but also... You know, there there may be some speculation because it's one of the things about this whole process is that it has been a little bit darkened. I have a lot of questions as to why now. We have been behind a strict wall of no for several years now, and nobody's looked critically. I wouldn't say nobody, but I would say that there have been many people in the press who've been critical but they've been in heavy combat with people who were, you know, pro-government proponents and pro-CDC. So there's there's been a real, you know, anti-debate debate, meaning like there wasn't a real forum for debate about the CDC science and how they were carrying on, yet it was still happening. So there were all these kind of like ideological skirmishes that would, you know, kind of blow up and blow over, but I don't think that there was any actual real discussion that kind of went anywhere. So all of a sudden, this month we see this, you know, they're before Congress. You know, Walensky is before Congress and there's a very, there's an attitude of contrition. There's, there's, um, there's a recognition that the NIH didn't pull their weight. They didn't deliver the study results as, you know, per paid for by the taxpayer. So there's, all of a sudden there's a, there's a sudden avalanche of accountability. It was like there was this, someone pulled the pin or dropped all the fish out of the net. And here we are, you know, we've got these these con- contrite CDC agency actors. And then Fan- Anthony Fauci declared that he may resign, then he backpedaled, and now he's resigning again as a result of the firestorm that's going on, the PR firestorm that's happening at... NIAID and all of the above so I have to think about all those scientists and epidemiologists and doctors who were suddenly out on their duff they were just invalidated scholastically they they were kind of pushed out and these were not like lowball nobodies these were people who worked at Harvard it was like one of the one of a handful of people 
who were like a Harvard epidemiologist. They said bye bye to him because he he said, "Can we please get an immunity conclusion on the virus?" And for saying something you know utterly practical, and and referencing you know studies from other places in the world like Sweden and Israel, he was he was. They said no to you. You shall you shall be banished. <laughs> you know, get out of here. And this is not, you know, that was kind of a bellwether for like the intellectual lagging. You know, why are we suddenly throwing out real scientists and real doctors and real epidemiologists? That that actually made my hair stand up. I was like, wait a minute, because he wasn't the only one. If it was just him, I would have been like, ah, eh, he's an outlier. But he wasn't the only one. And there were a lot of doctors, you know, they were kind of forced into taking maybe the vaccine. You know, there were a lot of people who were forced to take the vaccine. Otherwise, it was like, you're going to lose your job. So, um, and and people had very strong feelings about it because they were totally, they felt totally helpless. They felt helpless against the virus and the culture and a lot of things. So, um, I'm inviting people to to come up and say their own thoughts and, and... talk about how they might be feeling right now and I'll just kind of step back and and listen and maybe I'll ask a few referencing questions but you know Fauci's resigning now does that have any meaning to you anyone oh great Madison (laughs) she's been pretty cool so far hey Madison thanks for joining you're welcome thank you for having me Okay, so I mean, what's your thoughts? Like, what what was your perception of Fauci as you? You know, like I'm 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 knowing you. You're like a twenty something. Uh, you you really suffered during uh, the COVID pandemic more more psychologically, and you know your your body stopped taking on weight. You lost a lot of weight, and you know you mm-hmm. you were really isolated from your friends, and so it was really tough on you. Um, how does it? How do you feel about Anthony Fauci resigning? Like, what does he what does he represent to you? I represent. I, I, it represents. I have restored my faith in humanity. If this is the case, <laughs> honestly, like this dude has been nothing but one big wacky World Health Organization whack job. Like, why do you say that? What 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 makes him a whack job to you? Because because there's lots of people yeah. that get paid lots and lots of big. You know, six-figure salaries who would just sit there and shout you down like you're an ignoramus who doesn't know what they're talking about. Why do you feel that way? Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Take the shot. Take the shot. Take the shot or else you're fucked. Take the shot or else your uh, livelihood is in jeopardy. Um, Okay. Okay. Like, I'm like... like, Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mask. Mask the children. Yeah, mass the children, even though they're, they don't spread it, you know. Yeah, mass the children, even though they don't spread it. Mass the children, even though um, we know that that is very dangerous for their overall um, health. Whenever it comes to being exploited and kidnapped, I don't think it's a good idea to mass kidnapped. <laughs> Where did kidnapping come in? Here's the thing: if their face is covered, you can't identify them if they get taken. Oh, I never thought of that. That's yeah. that's an interesting take on things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so so that's why no matter what, 
like no matter what if my if there happens to be a pandemic anywhere i will not be masking my children you cannot make me i do it for security purposes i do it for their for their safety i don't think minors more specifically kids under the age of 16 should be forced to be to be masked because at that point well i mean they they yeah. they tiered this they're like okay yeah. well it must be adolescents and then it must be middle age middle schoolers like middle schoolers yeah then it was then it was like kids around six then it was children under six and then it was toddlers yeah toddlers. i don't think here's the thing i don't think toddlers should be forced to wear a mask no they were know. forced to wear a mask i yeah. i mean and it was one of the things that made me sick to my stomach because it just was it went against everything i actually knew at the beginning of the pandemic and like everybody knows that the children don't spread it and they're not victimized like someone who's 76 years old Everybody knows this information, yet they're going along with this garbage. And, and uh, not to mention, have you ever tried to put a mask or even a rain jacket or keep shoes on a toddler? Like, I, I mean, it's impossible. So, like, imagine them saying, oh, now, you know, three or four has to wear a mask. Um, I can really get my, I can barely get kids whenever, I could barely get kids whenever I was a part-time nanny mm-hmm. to wear their freaking shoes. Like. One of the saddest things that I ever saw during the pandemic was this little boy. He probably wasn't even four years old. He was just, he was just a little guy. And he was at the supermarket with his parents. His parents were wearing a mask. Nobody had to wear a mask. You know, all the adults were not wearing masks. I wasn't wearing a mask, but he was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And his parents, you know, I guess he was just coming back from school or whatever, but they, they put it on him. I think that they were afraid that he wouldn't be protected unless he had the mask. So I just smiled at him and waved at him. And he just stood there and he just took a deep breath. He's like... Oh, you know, and you could just see his whole little body, this little, you know, foot and a half of person. He just, he just took in a big deep breath and he's like, oh, a person who likes me, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, cause when you're at that age, you're not seeing as many faces, everybody's yeah. face is covered, his, his face is covered. And and mm-hmm. because I smiled at him, I just I just smiled at him and waved. Um, but it just it just really I didn't convey that I felt horrible, like like I felt really sad um, about it. You know that that this little tiny boy, totally helpless, at, you know, and at, at the mercy of everyone, um, was wearing this this mask, and you could see that it was doing more. More, it was impacting him mentally more than it was his health. It, impact- it wasn't about his health. Yeah, and here's the thing. It impacted me mentally, too, because me seeing everyone wearing a mask looked so morbid, and it looked so dark. It just had, like, an aura of, like, darkness. Of darkness, of misery, of depression, of 
like I can't because I can't see a full face. It almost make it it makes me think of everyone looks the same. You know, yeah, everyone may have yeah, and everyone may have, you know, different outfits on, but it makes you it makes you seem like you have like no personality at all. And that's Do you ever wonder that if that's like by design? Do you, do you ever wonder? I am starting to think so. Honestly, I think that was a way to like. I think the mask was honestly a psychological muzzle to put on mm. everybody. I haven't I, heard that. Yeah, I think it was a psychological and mental like muzzle to put over everybody. Because here's the thing, I think that was a sign of like. I think whenever you put on a mask. Everybody's just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And that, because that's what I think. Oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to invite you to speak. And then we're going to take the next caller, which is Joshua. He hasn't talked in a little bit. So we're going to make him the next caller. Hello, Joshua. You may speak, sir. Oh, my God. Can I? Okay, there you are. Coming, well, coming through know, the microphone. It, it, I am coming through the microphone. Um, you're roboting a little. Yeah. So, you're, no, you're I, I think all celebrating oh. because another shill was. Boy, you were cutting anyway, out. Anyway, he's a shill. I think we're all glad. All right. Okay, he's a shill. Hello? I think he's coming back out and then coming back in. So that way. Okay. Like, All right. honestly, I think that was a way to, like, psychologically just, like, like make everybody, like, into submission. Because believe it or not, um, this is actually an interesting sort of fact. Um, back in the ancient, you know, Egyptian world, they would actually force, like, their uh, slaves to wear masks during the hot summer months. To uh, break their to break their will, and they couldn't take it off. Because um, basically, what it what it does to your brain, it basically like strips you of like a personality identity. Because what is the number one thing that makes everybody that um, is the number? Well, it, well they, it 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 makes you anonymous. But some some people yeah. they're not it, it they're the people who they were working they were slaves. Yeah. So they they didn't have the benefit of um, you know being regarded as yeah. anything other than than human property. So, um, but you know they, they just. I'm gonna go ahead and take Josh really quick. Yeah. See if see if he got his technical. Did you get yeah. your technical situation? I, put, I have no idea. I put a headset on. Did it work? Yeah. It seems to be working pretty well. Sure did. Okay. Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, so like I said, shill because I believe he's a corporate shill that has outlived the usefulness of his. Which corporation are we speaking of? Big pharma. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to name one. Maybe Moderna, Pfizer, like whatever. Maybe Moderna. Uh, I, I think Moderna. I, I, hey, well, yeah, I, there's a couple, uh, but I mean, they are. You know, I mean, big pharma. I think ever is. Uh, hopefully, the game is up on big pharma at this point. But what I wanted to bring up is. How do we move past the fact that they did weaponize it so effectively with them mm. and create a, a really good schism between 
people that I think have a lot in common that, you know, may label themselves as leftist or, you know, I would say libertarian, but really are anti-war, anti-big pharma, for the climate, um, and have, you know, just like some, and probably for Medicare for all, probably for ranked choice voting, like, like we could agree on so many things, but uh, right. they use this type of thing to really just stick it to us and see conspiracy where there is conspiracy, and we both. But it, see it should it. have it's, been debate. It shouldn't have been. And and what the hell is it with? I'm sorry to just you know break in here, Joshua, but no, please do. Conspiracy, conspiracy theories. They're not illegal. You know, they're kind of things that the people entertain. They, they're, they're ideas that people entertain. They're, they're like ghost chasing and, you know, it's, it's things that people do to kind of stimulate themselves mentally, you know, and some of this stuff comes from somewhere. So they, they are seeking some sort of kernel of truth about it, you know, and, and there's all these offshoots of what conspiracy theory is and what it does and the, the function it performs but you know, I've never been into a place where it's like conspiracy theory is just not allowed. Nobody has ever explained this to me. But the only people who've been trying to tell me that that conspiracy theorists are exactly—they're just liars. They—they've merged well, them with the meaning CIA, of liars. So that the CIA has co-opted the term conspiracy theory to their own benefit. Well, I mean, I don't—I don't know that's, if that's true. I think that's a conspiracy theory. But you know, I mean. The burden of proof is on the speaker. The burden of proof is on the speaker to to, to confirm such claims. I not I don't believe that I, I'm not. I, I don't believe that I'm alone in that sentiment. But you are not responsible yeah. for the words that I. Uh, that, that's what I'm out, saying. Like you know, I, I, I. Yeah, I mean, you can say whatever you want, but you know, I I think that people have also got the, into this collective denialism. They got this in a collective punishment. For words that were spoken, like me associating with you, Joshua, for saying such things, let's say it was a conspiracy theory, you know, that, let's say that's patently a, a conspiracy theory, uh, for, for allowing you to say such things or, you know, giving you an airspace, I should be canned. I should, I should be, hey, you know, taken uh, out behind the chemical sheds and shot at dawn for saying such things or allowing you to say such things and that well, never we don't want you to know like where a... the chemical sheds are uh, <laughs> why would we want you to know where the chemical sheds are you'll expose where the chemical sheds are um well... but uh, i mean that our toxic relationship cuts two ways i mean, uh, I mean <laughs> uh, so uh, you say some things that make me pause but the reality is that i come back to this from an original uh conversation we had is there is truth it doesn't matter whether or not uh people agree with you if you are speaking right, right. the truth that it, and right. you actually it, have it, evidence whether or not it's documented with you do a much better job at citations uh if it, it turns out to be true then it's just true it, you know and that but our egos don't want us to have you know the mic and, you know, honestly, the activists, we're not popular because we're no fun at cocktail parties. Like, we're down. Oh, no kidding. Like, we make everybody want to drink. I'm yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm telling go, you. Do... <laughs> go ahead. 
Well, I, what I was going to tell you is that Mike Tracy is another broadcaster on Colin, and um, I I said something to to him on Twitter that because uh, you know he was getting a lot of backlash from from randos on the uh, intellectual randos on the on the internet. They were just you know they were just sniping at him for for being the unfun guy, you know, presuming he was never. They're making a presumption that he he's not a fun guy. He didn't go to parties. You know, why don't you leave Miss Santa, Santa the PM of Finland alone? You you want want you know buzz killer because he wants to talk about NATO and 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 Finland, which joins you know has the largest border with Russia. I mean, if anybody was going to join NATO, I would think that you know that's the most qualified, you know. Of of all the Scandinavia, they would be the most qualified for joining NATO for cooperative protection against Russia. Um, but that upset the delicate balance for for what they were doing. Anyways, he got a lot of he got a lot of smack from other people on you know on the internet and on Twitter, and I just let him know. I said if you had crashed Santa Santa's party. You would have been the kind of the grumpiest guy there, or the most unfun guy there, uh, because they they would not have wanted to listen to facts about NATO, and um, it's it's not because Mike Tracy is an unfun guy. It's because is, is the Ukraine cheaper than NATO, than Finland? Like if I if I have to pay for another proxy war put on by the United States and NATO. Like, I just want it to be better than the last proxy war that we're engaged in currently, right after Afghanistan. Like, I just want to be no done proxy with, war? Which, how, how, about, how about less that's proxy heresy. wars? <laughs> I would prefer no proxy wars, too. Yeah, I, I vote no proxy Yeah, wars. you and me, Madison, yeah. we're a majority. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I would prefer no wars, period. How about, how about no proxy wars? That's not realistic. <laughs> but um you know i i know we're not in charge of the the war making of wars and and the unmaking of wars i know that i'm just the unsanctioned citizen i'm just trying to keep my own took us free i'm trying to stay free here you know because i i could barely i had to move to another state you know and one of the women that was on the show early early in the podcast history of the show Indicated, she told everyone that her family moved from some Eastern Bloc nation. I can't remember. She moved from an Eastern Bloc nation to Canada, thinking, "Oh, well, this is this is a liberal, free world. No one's going to infringe on my freedoms. I'm going to be a leftist. It's going to be okay." Uh, and then here comes pandemic. Okay, and she actually was her and her family were victims of uh, military lab experiments. That's what she said. They were military lab experiments, and they they did medical experiments on them. Okay, and I can't I can't even imagine what that is like. But it's it's a horror show. It's it's just a horror show, and I'm glad she after the the USSR collapsed. And the big, big old mighty, you know, bear went down. Uh, you know, Canada was their refuge. They stayed. Pandemic, 
the pandemic was like you're not allowed to talk about anything other than a completely glowing um, affirmative vaccine. And, you know, if you raised a mild objection about someone being able to want or not want the vaccine, you were excoriated. And what we discussed from that point was I had a neighbor who was very Canadian. She was she had dual citizenship, but she was she was very, very Canadian. And um, there was a lot of that idea with her. You know, like I didn't want to talk to her very much because she really felt that you were a bad person if you didn't take the vaccine. And um, so we didn't talk much after a while. So and, and we were just we were close neighbors and we had always talked about all kinds of stuff and always had interesting conversations. But her but to your point, I think it was um, this this former USSR you know, Eastern Bloc person, uh, their family went back to their country of origin to have more freedom because of the way Canada was handling things. And that was stunning. So. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, like, I could not stand the way that America, like, to a certain extent, like, I couldn't stand the way that America handled the pandemic. Okay, where were you, just out of curiosity, what state were you living in during most of the pandemic? uh, I lived in Alabama. Okay, Alabama. I was living in Washington State. Yeah. And, yeah, like, they were share a border with Canada, and they were heavily influenced by Canadian policy. Yeah. um, And, you know, extreme leftism. That was where all the Chaz Chop crap happened. That's where the first outbreak happened. You know, there was just a lot that went and was fully loaded for, you know, government Because I believe, I mean, for me, I, I believe, I, this is why I believe and f- firmly believe in letting the virus run its course. Like, if we have a new virus and it's been proven to have a very high, you know, percentage of, you know, a survival rate, then let the fucker run its course. Let the fucker go, do whatever. So, sorry, oh, excuse my language. Sorry. Well, you know, I, I'm. Yeah. Well, let me let me just go go with you there. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people, scientists included, who were like, "All right, you know, we know at some point there's going to be, you know, it will run its course because that's the na- nature of a of a flu or or a cold. Yeah. You know, pe- people, it it goes through, it runs through. People get a generalized immunity to it. You know, yeah, and mean, then the I population like the gets a, a herd immunity to it. Yeah. But at one yeah. point, to, to indicate that there would be a herd immunity to this disease was absolutely off the books. You could not talk about it. You could not talk about it, and you could not get tested for it. That's the other thing. At the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm just going to say this again. At the beginning of the pandemic, I'd say before, say, August of 2020, you could not find anyone that would test you for antibodies to the disease yep. because they were afraid of you being over it. That was when I was con- convinced because I had to go almost black market to get an, an, an immunity test. And then every test that emerged from the marketplace to test for immunity was, was invalidated, validated, invalidated. And you could not test it. You no, no one would sell it to you. When I went to the hospital, 
they treated me like a like a bad person like 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 a heretic like for even asking for an immunity trying to schedule a test a blood test for the immunity I, I think I had one nurse actually hang up on me at one point and uh, so I mean there was just it was just a lot of insanity medical yeah. insanity but the fact in the for me the fact of the matter was like I I get like the first maybe three to four months of the pandemic whenever we were just trying to figure this virus out and what it was going to do I totally understand that needing to lock down for the first three to four months totally get it totally understand I mean However, I, I we were sold a bill of goods we didn't actually yeah. need to do that yeah but here's the thing though I I mean I totally understood that part. The first three to four months just to get a, just to get, you know, an A, just to get where we need to go. However, if the data comes out that it has a 98.57 on average survival rate, what the, what, what in the world are we doing at, like, let the, let the damn thing run its course. Like, let it run its course because at that point at that point it's gonna get a and at that point you know and and that would have been great that would have been great madison but they didn't the the authorities didn't recognize letting it run its course they didn't recognize that program of of idea they they didn't Mm -hmm. want it okay and that is why people at the cdc are being reshuffled or fired or resigned okay fauci is being resigned because he had he had a chief duty, and one of the duties was to, you know, eliminate the sick from the well and create create a understandable PR, understandable leadership about this virus as an epidemiologist. Did he do that? No, he failed catastrophically in many, many ways, and he made it about himself. So with that... Um, you know, I, and this is the second like pandemic show I've done in a while uh, on the unsanctioned citizen. I think we've covered, we've covered and recovered and covered it again. I appreciate everybody who's attended tonight. Um, we will be back around this hour tomorrow to discuss other things. Um, I'll probably bring out some more of the uh, Glenn Beck stuff, but we'll, we'll see. I'll make it a surprise. Um, thanks for joining the unsanctioned citizen and discussing your news and views with us. Okay. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast Archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and Call In. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.